0: Hello, great to see you again. Great to have you back for another installment of Advice You Can Trust. I'm your host, Ryan Ruff. I've got James Nichols, wealth manager over at Cumberland River Group, standing by. He'll be joining us momentarily. But first, we want to thank you for finding your way back to the show. If you joined us for last episode, you know that we took a deep dive into the family dynamic when it comes to wealth, specifically a document called a family constitution. It's not necessarily a legal document, but it is very formal in the fact that it's meant to really align the goals and aspirations that are tied to an affluent family's wealth to make sure that everybody in the family is on the same page in terms of what they want to achieve with that wealth. And this document is especially necessary when it starts getting closer to that time for the wealth to be trickled down to the heirs and passed down through inheritances. And it's just that topic that we're going to be addressing today, inheritances specifically. So let's go ahead and bring James Nichols on to start our conversation. James, how are we doing this morning?
1: I'm doing great. Thank you so much for inviting me on. Great to see you again.
0: Yeah, great to see you as well. And hey, uh, our conversation today piggybacks really well off of the topic that we had discussed regarding the family constitution in our last episode. Today's topic ultimately centers around this question. Are your heirs ready to deal with the wealth that you may pass on to them one day? So James, obviously, you know, I think our audience is pretty familiar with what an inheritance is, you know, but there's a few angles to look at inheritances. First off, the beneficiary themselves. Obviously, it's a great day. In theory, You know, assets, wealth, it's all being transferred over to you. Your life can change overnight like that. I mean, it's, right? it's, all, it's all sunshine and roses. Or is it? There can sometimes be a little bit of a double-edged sword when it comes to inheritances. I'd love to start our conversation around this today. So why is there a double-edged sword when it comes to this, James?
1: So, inheriting money comes with plenty of benefits, of course. Mm -hmm. And as you know, many of our clients, business owners, first-generation wealth, they have never dealt with inheriting money themselves. And so, they're looking at this as kind of, what could the problems be? (laughs) This is great, right? All benefits. And, you know, they go from, you know, being less worried or no longer worried at all about paying for life's necessities, all the way to enjoying the the advantages of affluence more spending on luxury goods affording a top tier education for their kids extensive global travel the list goes on inheritors often find that some of life's stumbling blocks are no longer in their path so there's the the bright side but that said inheritance whether it's a a huge one or or even a you know just a modest one it, the size is not so much the difference, it's the preparation. It does not automatically mean a worry-free life of ease as sometimes people, I think, just to imagine, okay, that's it, it could only be the upside. Sure. But the reality is that inheriting wealth can create unique challenges and conflicts, both internal mm-hmm. and external. A windfall can be the root of significant problems for their heirs and, you know, yeah. therefore for the, the ones doing the giving as well. I like what you said there James internal
0: and external conflicts. Uh, I can we unpack that a little bit. What what do you mean by these conflicts?
1: So this does get sticky. Mm-hmm. And inheriting a sizable fortune can be confusing for some inheritors. Sure. And, and I know that we're really getting into the weeds here because <laughs> the first thing many of our clients think of is hey what a great problem to have like this is not something they're going to (laughs) even think about as a problem but very often significant wealth goes hand in hand with status and power which sometimes leads to heirs abusing their positions and drifting from their best selves let's say for example and this can be a bit of a negative example but they can become you know Narcissistic or bullies, or using their wealth as a justification for kind of cruel or boorish behavior—the things that no one would want to impart on, you know, their kids or their heirs. So while this is on the negative side, I mention it only to name it, get this out on the table, and identify what so often some of the unspoken or or really serious concerns might be along these lines. Some inheritors may feel trapped or isolated they find the money that's you know sets them apart they have difficulties building trust or dealing with other people all of these unintended consequences um, intent they might think inheritors may think they don't deserve the money they end up feeling mm. guilty you ask you know the why me question right. or that the, there's an anchor that's holding them down yeah. uh, these can even drive things like you may have heard of the redistribution pledge essentially mm. you know kids rejecting their wealth. And I, I see this as really a missed opportunity. Um, right. There can be a lot of emotional and psychological hurdles that make a inheritance seriously challenging. And sure. and this is something that you know is quite the opposite of being the easy, fun kind of yeah. windfall that I think our 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 clients kind of start with. Is okay, what could possibly go wrong? So sorry to yeah. get a little bit negative there, but no, we have no. found if we can if we can name the problems we can solve them, address them before they become problems.
0: Sure. Absolutely. I'm glad you brought that up because, hey, uh, we don't want to shy away from what we know does exist. We know that could happen. It's out there. And one of the biggest points that we drove home in our last episode was that, look, every family's different. Every family dynamic background, not only is it different, but it's ever changing. So so I get how there could be all these internal and external conflicts facing the beneficiary of an inheritance. There's so many you know, factors to probably weigh in, whether a business is on the line, significant assets that may have you know, a, f- a family love tied to it, all sorts of elements to consider. So that being said, James, with all these different elements, where do you start? How do you start in addressing and ultimately helping the heirs go through this?
1: So one of our big beliefs is that it's often helpful to start by looking at how some of the wealthiest, most successful families address key financial matters and challenges. We find these so-called super rich families, you know, the net worth of 500 million or more, how they tend to take the right steps, implement the smart plans, essentially in regards to how their heirs access and manage inherited wealth. So looking to them as a model for guidance, may make a lot of sense. Their strategies can potentially inform your own plan, regardless of whether you're the one giving the money or receiving it. Sure, and in those
0: instances, James, when you look at the super rich and how they handle things like this and educate their heirs ultimately, what do you see those extremely successful families doing or maybe not doing when it
1: comes to passing on their wealth overall? So in our experience, we find that the most that most wealth creators want to pass the results of their hard work and their commitment to their children and other loved ones. They want to pass that on. So they focus on the financial matters. The aim here is, you know, to be tax efficient, transferring the wealth. For instance, there's a lot of different tax strategies that mitigate intergenerational loss. It's a, a key concern. But this aspect of transferring family wealth, it's the most straightforward and kind of the starting point, but if that's all that you're focused on, you're missing a key piece of the puzzle. The second consideration is ensuring that heirs will be smart about their money. This is where we see the most successful families really differentiating themselves in terms of how they view their wealth and how they view inheritance. It's a major concern for some wealth creators to, to look at, you know, will, will there be a misuse of the wealth and really to define what the, what the optimal use is for the wealth down through the generations. So they believe rightly so, in, in our opinion, that being given control over a large amount of money and being able to make wise decisions, these do not always align just on their own. This is mm-hmm. the source of, of careful planning. So it's not right. just those super wealth, uh, super rich wealth creators who are concerned about the ability of heirs to manage their inheritance, it's mm-hmm. also the heirs themselves it can sure. be easy for inheritors to, to mismanage their, their fortunes or, or just not be confident mm-hmm. in their management that this is what was intended. So we find um, yeah, inheritors, they recognize this and they need to be well prepared for the day when they may receive these inheritances.
0: Sure. So, so in terms of that preparation, where do you begin with, with ultimately fostering that financial intelligence among the heirs? Where, where does that process begin? How
1: should you start that? Well, we say start with the present. Sure. It's a good starting point for understanding how inheriting wealth might affect heirs' lives, seeing you know, how the money is impacting them today. Where are they? In their, in their lives and in their journey. So that's the starting point. Okay, where are we today? And then, you know, if these are younger kids and they get into their teens, the majority of inheritors have have some idea that their wealthy kids are quick, right? <laughs> they, they go sort out what's going on. Sure. But attempts by parents to hide or downplay their affluence, again, kids are quick. They're, they're not going to be fooled. Like, those are out. not going to be such a realistic strategy. Um, right. So we, we don't recommend the avoidance method. Mm-hmm. Uh, and air should consider really questions or the answers to these four questions. One is wealth a source of terrific possibilities or is it a source of horrific problems or, or some combination of the two? And how is money affecting their lives? The third one is is wealth the cause of serious relationship strengths. Really bring their family together, or is it a, a source of problems? And and if so, you know what are the what are the strengths or the or the issues with whom are, are these occurring? And then the fourth one is really to what extent do you define yourself by your family money? What what would happen if the money vanished? Which is it's a it's a worst case you know often fictitious um, example, but we put that one out there to say okay give these four questions just a, a quick look, and parents should assess the ability of their children kind of along these lines, how they would manage their inheritance through this lens in the event that the children are not yet up to the job, what steps do they do need to be taken to ensure they may become more capable or at least be supported well enough to ensure that they will not, you know, have a, a, a waste of their inheritances.
0: Right, right. So ultimately, it sounds like once you get a good idea of their current, the heirs, that is their current views on wealth, their current abilities for dealing with maybe the little bit of wealth that they have, or or that, you know, the the summer jobs they've worked or the jobs that they've, they've uh, accumulated over their professional careers. So you get an idea on their wealth and how they view money. Does that ultimately inform a matriarch or patriarch of the future steps on how they should go about educating their heirs when it comes to the inheritance?
1: Yes. Chances are, you'll find there's a range among heirs in terms of their ability to intelligently and prudently handle significant wealth. That means different heirs will probably need different approaches to wealth education in order to best handle their inheritances. So taking these factors into account before handing over control of assets can tremendously help the process. I'm sure it won't surprise you to hear that many different ideas about how to best teach heirs to manage their money, there's all different opinions out there. A lot of professionals focus on educating heirs about wealth management, about the fundamentals, the difference between stocks and bonds, as well as methodologies such as asset allocation. And the lessons tend to deal with different possible estate planning strategies and how trusts work. And this is where we see a problem. This approach is generally appealing to those inheritors who want to handle the mechanics of wealth management. Is this everyone? This is not. This is Mm -hmm. a small subset, right? Everybody has different learning styles, has different aptitudes. So we find that most inheritors are not interested in these details. And so we need to center our approach around the specific strengths Mm -hmm. and interests of the individuals involved you know, if they're not interested in the mechanical details, let's find out what they are interested in, Mm -hmm. meet them there, and then attach the wealth management strategies to that.
0: Sure. You've got to
1: find an approach that's
0: going to ultimately be appealing to them because otherwise you, you lose them in that discussion and you don't want to lose them in that discussion because we of the issues that we just talked about. You don't want them to face those internal and external conflicts when the time comes. So that being said, James, is there, like, is there an approach to educating heirs that is ultimately more appealing and might resonate better with them?
1: So one that we find to be very effective across all types of inheritors is to focus on how to be responsible for their wealth. This means mm-hmm. building a foundational understanding of the bigger picture. Once they know what they want to achieve financially, then they become attuned to what is going on with their money and they can make informed decisions about it. So even if the assets are in a trust, heirs are best served if they understand how the trust has been set up, what they've been designed to accomplish, and most importantly, why they were set up in the first place. So that way, heirs can get better at, in understanding what's going on in the trust, what it's connected to, and most importantly, what's happening in their lives and the ones that they care most about that can benefit from these structures their benefactor set up for them. A second key aspect of teaching heirs to be responsible for their wealth is giving them the ability to effectively select and work with professionals, such as lawyers, accountants, wealth managers. Part of that means empowering heirs to know how to avoid professionals who may want to do a good job for their clients, but lack the requisite skills. Even more problematic especially if heirs receive significant sums, is the possibility of being exploited by those who may not have their best interests at heart. Significant wealth is a magnet for all manner Mm -hmm. of financial miscreants. So the skills to identify such people before they do harm is really a necessity for most inheritors and, and one that they really appreciate having.
0: Sure. I mean, at the end of the day, the whole gist of this is to make sure you keep the wealth that you know the matriarch, matriarch, and patriarch have worked so hard to attain over the years. So the last thing you want is to have an uneducated heir that lets that slip because of you know an unjust individual coming in and trying to take advantage of the situation. But that being said, so along this education efforts conversation here, James. Uh, Is there anything else that a family matriarch or patriarch should be thinking about when it comes to prepping their heirs for that inheritance?
1: A big area where inheritor education efforts can potentially really help inheritors Mm -hmm. is where they use their money to better the lives of others. This Mm -hmm. altruistic area is just a, a cornerstone of what we see really working best for the transfer of wealth. This is part of the stewardship of an inheritance. And it may involve a deep discussion of values and the importance of using wealth to have a positive impact in the community or at the world at large. But this is the concept of when it's not for yourself, when it's looking outward, then we see the the families really get all on the same side of the table. And and when it's it's less uh, selfish or or self-focused, discussions about philanthropy and the causes of the importance of the family really get the ball rolling here. So these these discussions are are best started sooner than later. I can't underscore that part enough. And additionally, there may be a need to discuss issues of money and self-esteem, and this is getting a little Mm -hmm. sticky, but new wealth can produce feelings of anxiety and, and affect kind of worthiness among inheritors. So this is mm. getting at that really internal part. But this is often seen when inheritors' self-worth is tied to their wealth, which is not mm. all the time. It's not the majority. But when this pops up, it, it fuels an intense fear of losing that wealth because it's tied to their, their self-esteem, their, their identity, sure. and delving into ideas that help separate people's wealth from their overall sense of self, self can really help foster a more comfortable relationship between the inheritor and their inheritance. So if it's not, you know, it's not solved overnight, but you can see how this can really mm-hmm. benefit that process over time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and James, we're we're talking a lot here. Today's conversation has been surrounding the idea of affluent families with significant assets, a lot of wealth at their disposal. But I want to be clear here, you don't necessarily need to be inheriting this enormous level of wealth for all of these types of educational efforts, you know, that are important and helpful to the heirs and your children and grandchildren, right? Like this can this this these educational efforts should apply to everybody, correct?
1: I mean, this is absolutely crucial. And you'll see these examples, mm-hmm. um, especially among, you know, the first generation wealth, the entrepreneurs where they, you know, had a very tiny inheritance, sometimes not even in monetary, just some, some uh, item, a, a, a tool or a, you know, one thing that they got from their, grand, their grandparents or, or their parents, something that came to them and it gives them a lesson in their life. But what we're taking in in these examples, these lessons from the the highly affluent, is really how to apply these skills and and really best practices to everyone uh, across the spectrum. If if you have something you're you're meaning to leave to another generation, let's let's figure out how to really do it right. Um, So that's the significant benefit, getting your heirs to receive an inheritance from you in the future, in a way that it best promotes what, what you're hoping them to get out of it and for what they get out of it. So, the key is to um, really, well before the day comes, well before assets are transferred, get out ahead of it, encourage heirs to think about their views, their values, and their attitudes towards money and wealth, how those might change if their bottom line suddenly had additional zeros. And this is, you know, some parts financial basics and a way to kind of size up what professionals they're working with. And there is a hidden benefit in this self-awareness, this foundation of financial knowledge. It's, you know, one part is that heirs can potentially get the most benefit from their inheritance. Mm -hmm. But the hidden benefit is it doesn't just apply to inheritance. They start their own company. They build a foundation of wealth entirely on their own. They're facing the same exact internal Challenges. So if these Mm -hmm. are things that that our clients can pass on to their kids well ahead of time, get these conversations started, there's multiple benefits even beyond this uh, discussion of inheritance.
0: Yeah, I mean it's laying the groundwork and the foundation for just best practices when it comes to your just financial knowledge overall, uh, whether significant assets are involved or not. Like you said, it could be a family heirloom or something like that gets passed down as a, you know a bene- to a beneficiary and. Ultimately, it's just starting these conversations early, getting out ahead of them. That way, when the time comes and, uh, you know, there's it's not this life changing moment. Like we said at the top of the show overnight, we want this to be something that everybody saw coming. We knew it was coming and we already know how to deal with it months, years after the fact. So that's. It's about getting ahead and really understanding. And James, I really appreciate uh, you know you jumping aboard to to walk us through this process because, like we chatted about with the family constitution, that's more of a guideline parameters, more of an in the moment and ever changing document. This is a specific conversation catered towards that day, you know, that moment of the actual transfer of the wealth to the inheritors and all that comes with that on the back end. So two different conversations, but still you know struck from the same vein and. James, to kind of bring our conversation to a head here, we've thrown a lot at our audience today. Who then should families ultimately be looking for in terms of that educational help to begin preparing them uh, and their heirs for that day, for the the transfer of wealth?
1: The first and probably best resource is your current wealth manager, especially Mm -hmm. if your children know her or him and, and see that person as a a trusted advisor to the family. From there, it may depend on the specific issues that a family wants to address. For example, uh, maybe the wealth manager enlists an expert in financial psychology to help a family deal with issues around wealth and meaning or affluence and and self-worth. These external professionals cannot underscore the value of bringing in the right talent, and perhaps a philanthropy-focused professional is brought in to discuss the concepts around doing well by doing good. The really good news is that there are so many resources out there who can help families and really kickstart the process. So there's no need to go it alone, and there's certainly no need to expect that, you know, it's just your one financial advisor and and maybe you had a brief conversation with them ten years ago, and you kind of figured there's nothing else there. but take take the extra step to know that it's a big team, and we can bring these in and and really get the conversation moving.
0: Mm-hmm. A lot a lot of great stuff here that we covered today, James. really appreciate your time and uh, looking forward to the next conversation already. Hey, look, and we want to thank you, our audience, our viewers, for being with us here for today's episode of Advice You Can Trust. If you enjoyed today's conversation, feel free to like, comment, subscribe, share this knowledge with your friends, your family, anybody that you know who might be going through this similar process of transferring wealth to a younger generation. So ultimately, we'll be back for another episode, another financial conversation in the you know come next month. But until then, for James Nichols, I'm Ryan Ruff, saying so long. We thank you so much for joining us for today's episode of Advice You Can Trust.